Hello and welcome to MikeyPod Podcast, episode 325 for March 22nd, 2021. Today's guest is Venezuelan-born, East Coast-bred actor living in Los Angeles, Anna La Madrid. We'll be talking about her new solo show with I Am A Theater, the Oxy Complex, and her wildly popular coaching hub for actors, Put Me On Self-Tape, which really blew my mind. The conversation about all of this stuff is next, next level. Is that a, that's a cliche. Is, is it a cliche to say next level? It, regardless, I'm your host, Michael Heron. I'm a composer, pianist, electronic musician, storyteller, and activist based in New York City. On this podcast, I have conversations with fellow creators who use their creativity to change the world. I've been sending this podcast to your ears for over 15 years. If you like what you hear, subscribe using the colorful buttons in the sidebar and footer at MikeyPod.com, or just search MikeyPod in your favorite podcast directory. If you'd like to know more about me, stop by my website at michaelheron.com. Hit me up on social media everywhere as at michaelheron or email me at mikeypod at gmail.com. Hello. I got vaccinated this week. I feel excited about that and also feel funny about being excited about it because I was someone who couldn't get vaccinated because I wasn't in the thing yet and and it felt it feels a little yucky to be watching everyone as happy as I was to get vaccinated to not to see other people getting vaccinated, it was also frustrating. And we're talking about vaccinations and we're still in a pandemic and it's still weird, but then it's not that weird because we're doing it and it's been over a year and oh my God. So welcome to the show. <laughs> I don't really have a lot to tell you other than that, aside from the fact that this interview was great. Ah, it was really good. And there's a bonus podcast that'll be going up on Wednesday, as always, for patrons. What are patrons, you might ask? Why, these are the people who subscribe for $5 or more a month to get special perks. Perks, like tons of free downloads of my music and zines, bonus podcasts, and, well, other stuff that I can't think of right now. There are 66 now bonus podcasts. If you, when you sign up, you get immediate access to all of those podcasts, all of my six zines, digital copies of them, along with the music that I wrote for them. You get two albums, a couple of singles, a remix album. I think that's everything. That's a lot. That's a lot, right? So you can sign up for $5 or more at patreon.com slash Michael Heron. This week's bonus episode features a conversation with Anna La Madrid. Another one of those <laughs> so good ones that uh, when it's happened, the, the juicy stuff happens in the bonus podcast. I'm not going to lie. These, the main podcast is great. And I always love these conversations. But if you want a little more something check in at Patreon. So patrons, if you haven't been listening to those, you should be. And if you're not a patron yet, join me. If you can't become a patron, we are in difficult times and you owe me nothing. This podcast remains free and will always be free. I think the first 50 or 100 episodes, something like that, show up in the directories, but every episode is on my website. So uh, you could listen to them there. I need to, well, I don't need to get into all that. Anyway, uh, no music today. I want to just jump right into this interview. Uh, here it is. Joining me now on the podcast is Anna La Madrid. Hello, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. I just learned about well, the show that you're working on now, and it's actually this podcast is going to go up. I think the day after the show opens. Nice. Um, so that's exciting. <laughs> uh, the show is called The Oxy Complex. Um, I was going to throw out a little synopsis, but you could probably, since it is your show, you could probably do a much better job than I could. Uh, I'll probably just like read the same thing. So, uh, <laughs> it takes place on the 500th day of quarantine, which when I wrote it, that 
was not my hope. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> um, but it's basically the story of a of a woman who's kind of forced to to look at her past so that she could heal her future. I think one of the things that was really interesting to me during this time is, you know, all of our ways that we distract ourselves were taken away and we're just especially if you're not living with a roommate and you're living by yourself, you're kind of left to reckon with yourself. Um, so I wanted to kind of put that journey on stage, if you will, in a funny way. <laughs> <laughs> That's like the thing with, you know, well, there's so many the things about our current situation, of course. Uh, so people can watch the show online. It's, re- you, it's being filmed in a theater for streaming, basically. Yeah. Yeah. We filmed it actually uh, a couple of weeks ago. So now we're in the editing phase. Um, I'm learning a lot about the magic of editing. (laughs) (laughs) It truly is a collaborative process. Um, but I'm, I'm excited and nervous to put it out in the world. Yeah. I, I'm also a performer and creator and that sort of thing. And I have, well, I've been, been doing some creating during this time, but it's been a real challenge for me to like, not just be like, okay, well, I guess I'm just on hold until 500 or more days from now. Um, what, what was that experience like for you? Like being in quarantine and I guess I'm curious how the show came about and came into action. Yeah. So I'm a member of, I am a theater company. They're the company that's producing the show. And previous to the pandemic, we had already planned our season and I was actually cast in the upcoming show. We were just about to start rehearsals and then the pandemic shut everything down. And Um, Steph, the artistic director, was thinking about how we can still pivot our season. And she, we had never really as a company done any solo shows um, because we have such a big membership that we always try to use as many members in our onstage productions. Um, So she was like, I think we should do a virtual solo show season. Um, And she was looking for artists, you know, especially BIPOC artists. She was like, I want to make sure that we create a platform to um, showcase other voices. And I jokingly said, you know, well, you know, I wrote a 15 minute piece for my second year of grad school, which is the seed for the Oxy Complex. And I didn't think anything of it because I didn't I don't consider myself a writer, you know, and she was like, well, let me see it. And then she was like, you have to expand this, (laughs) which was terrifying because, you know, I don't know if you've ever thought about writing a solo show, but I think every actor thinks like, oh, maybe one day I'll do that. And I certainly thought about it, but I just. I'm not somebody who works well unless I have deadlines. And Mm -hmm. so they were like, okay, you're going to have to start writing. Um, So, yeah, that's that's what got me here now. So thank Uh. you, Stephanie, for forcing (laughs) me to do this. But that's how so much that's that is very much my kind of journey as an artist, too, because I I have done solo shows, but I was always a pianist and just like playing for other people. And I put myself in a position like you where I was like, I have this idea for a show. And someone said, yep, here's the date. Like, get yeah. to work. And that it's such a terrifying but maybe uh, invigorating experience you know, to realize that you can do this. Is that? Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I'm also grateful so much for my director, Michelle, because she, from the very beginning, um, she was like, how can I support you in this? And she, we made a schedule. So like every week she's like, great. So you're going to write 
10 pages for our next meeting. And so I had to show up with pages every time that we met and we talked through it. So she was also really instrumental in creating a structure for me. Um, because I think as artists, that's something that's missing from our lives. You know, our mm-hmm. schedules changes and we're constantly like, you know, you're in the middle of working on something, then an audition pops up and you kind of have to stop and reorganize. So finding um, some sort of like structure and organization was really important that she provided that for me. Mm. And then within that structure and organization, did you then kind of structure your own process in between those meetings? (laughs) (laughs) So was it the type of thing where you're like, oh my God, I'm meeting with my director tomorrow and I got to write 10 pages like right now? Kind of, you know, I think it's so interesting the other day I was cleaning out my phone and I found voice memos that I had written, that I had spoken into my phone when I was in bed. And it would be like the beginning of a monologue for my mom, which not my mom, but a mother that I portray. So I would, I started listening to it and it was just like these, you know, random thoughts of like points that I wanted to make or the beginning of a sentence or a thought that I wanted for one of the characters. And so I think I did a lot of the quote unquote writing just in my day to day. And then literally the night before I'm like, okay, everything has to come out of my head. Um, So it was an interesting process. And sometimes I would have dreams, you know, it just kind of starts stories just kind of come into your cellular level in some way. It's hard to explain. Uh Um, And I would just dream about things. (laughs) I was like, oh, okay, that's interesting. It relates interesting to like the path that I'm going on. Because I also just started writing. I didn't learn how to write shows. I'm kind of really interested in that and can kind of relate to that idea of like, okay, this came to me and here it is. Okay. I did it. Is that it? That's that like, it's so crazy. It's so crazy. And also, you know, as an actor, when we sit and do table reads and, you know, do the script analysis before the show, we start getting on our feet. You know, I always love that part because we're just like tearing apart and being like, oh, my God, that writer was so brilliant. Look at the things. And then you you ask the playwright and they're like, I have no idea what you're talking about. I just wrote this. <laughs> and I started experiencing that once I took my writer hat off. And I was in rehearsal as the actor with um, Michelle and she would be like, interesting that you opened it up with a lullaby. And I was like, it's a lot like what? It it hadn't (laughs) occurred to me that I that I kind of did it that way. I was just thinking like, oh, we don't have to pay to use this. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's it's funny. And it's really fascinating to think of that, like your new perspective as writer and actor. And you can kind of have you know, the experience, those experiences would have been separate, right? As an actor, you would have had this discovery about the written work, but you get to have the discovery of your own work. And also that like, uh, actually didn't mean anything about that, but that's so cool that it does connect like that. Yeah. Yeah. And still make discoveries as you start diving deeper into the story that you put on the stage. I mean, there are moments where I was like, I can't believe I put that on the page, you know, Mm -hmm. that just like really hit me and made me appreciate how dense the story was. Yeah. Ah, love it. Um, <laughs> I'm curious about the fact that the the seed of the show was written a couple of years ago. Is that what you said? Yeah. Did it have already this quarantine aspect of it? Or is that something that has kind of been a result of present day times? You know what? It's interesting. No, I was 
I wasn't necessarily, I didn't have quarantine in the show in the beginning. So when I wrote this show, my second year of grad school, um, I was thinking more about how biology had disrupted our dating culture, you know, and how in some ways we were being betrayed by it because modern dating, you know, swiping had made the landscape really competitive. And I felt that as women, um, we were kind of pressured into jumping into an intimate relationship with people before we really knew them or before we were ready. And then oxytocin gets released and you become attached to people that you don't know. And you kind of fall into the cycle of like getting ghosted, getting excited about somebody, really putting pressure on feeling like this is my person and then getting ghosted again, you know? And so I was really interested in exploring that. Um, grad school, definitely in some ways you were quarantined, you know, it was just me and my eight and my six other uh, classmates and we had a very rigorous schedule it was like seven six days a week 12 hours the only day we had off was Sunday um, so in some ways you were just like separated from your entire like life um, you know at least you had six more people kind of going through this experience with you so it's not as terrible as it is right now mm. um, but when we were looking at how do we update it and expand it for, for today, I really found the space interesting of like, oh, back then it's like an oxytocin overload, but now we're going through withdrawal. You know, some people haven't touched people in like 200 days. Mm. We, we're not hugging people and how vital that is to our survival as like human beings. So I thought that that was an interesting place to pick up. I love points like that, just about this experience, because we're all in it together and there's this realization that I'm having that is like, oh yeah, that is, yeah. And it's, yeah. So like uh, my boyfriend lives in the city, but we don't live together. So I see him on weekends. So I am getting hugs. Some sort of, yeah. Yeah. I had a friend who was like doing a countdown. She was like, I haven't touched anybody in like 90 days. I haven't touched anybody, you know, and it's like really starting to mess with people. This is the topic that when when I get to this point of it, it's just like, uh, I don't know what to say about this, especially with the one year. Like it's, we're coming up yeah. on one year when we were all thinking, well, and then you said it in the beginning. You said you didn't you weren't planning on this going on for 500 days. No. And I don't think you, it's a. I don't want to go too much into the pandemic, but while we're here, like when it started, there was this moment, you know, like maybe the week before everything locked down here in New York City, I was a little like, oh, come on. Why is everyone overreacting? Some of my jobs I teach, I was teaching at a theater school on Saturdays and I got a message that the school where we taught this was shutting down. And I, I was looking back at the text and I was like, why are they freaking out? Like no one's even like I was full in, fully in denial. And then I thought, like, oh, maybe it'll. This might go on for a month. That'd be terrible. And here we are, like a year later. And then, I know. yeah. So <laughs> I don't think I have a question about that. I'm like <laughs> reflections. Anything like how is that folding into your work with your show? And how is your show kind of helping you, or is it? Um, you know, I, I'm. <sighs> kind of like woo woo in some ways. And I listen to like tarot podcasts and stuff like that. Uh -huh. So one of the things that I've been thinking a lot about is like how collectively for the first time and probably, I mean, I certainly can't remember uh, globally, we're all experiencing this isolation, this anxiety, all of it together. And 
how bonding that can be and what an opportunity to like take the time like the world has asked us to slow down and kind of reflect and i think to me that that's you know there's a lot of terrible things about the pandemic of course but if i'm going to look at the silver lining it's like oh i'm really understanding and this is what i talk about in the show like i'm i'm really getting a chance to look back and see how i was shaped and the decisions that i made and and forgive that person who didn't know better um who blamed herself for a lot of things who took on a lot of generational trauma that didn't belong to her and who comes out of this probably in a better place to be present with people fully without so much guarded you know Mm. And I hope that that's something that inspires people when they watch the show. Yes, I want you to laugh at all the ridiculous dating stories of my past, um, which also were borrowed from friends going through the trenches in New York. But um, to also take a look and kind of let themselves off the hook a little bit, that it's not our fault if we're perpetually single. There's a lot of forces, both biologically and just like, you know, uh, outside of us that are conspiring to make it really difficult for people to connect. Um, and understanding that I think is an important part of, you know, how we come out of this pandemic in a more present, healthy way. Mm. It's an interesting place to be. Like I do a lot of that, like maybe not being grateful for lessons within things and for the things we get to learn within things. But it's tricky when we're in the middle of a pandemic saying, I'm really grateful this is happening because it's a tricky place, but like all the challenges and I can lean toward woo woo too. Like (laughs) a lot of the challenges we face in our life teach us things like we, we are who we are because of mistakes we've made or like bullshit that's happened, pandemics, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm, I'm happy you, you mentioned that and and that's kind of what am i am i projecting this is that part of like what you hope people take away from the show for sure you know it's forgiveness and accepting yourself fully is like the first step of being in communion with somebody else like truly letting somebody else in yeah one of the great things that happens with the podcast is there are a lot of times I'm like, oh, okay, this is why I'm talking to this person. You know, like I, I find myself like moving forward with a lot of things, but I've during the time of the pandemic found myself at home and like without excuses about, oh, I'm running out of time. I don't have enough time to do that, write that song I wanted to do, or I don't have, and you know, and like finding out like, okay, so here you are, like, and it's just you, like there's not people trying to get you to go do something and do a job and that kind of thing. Um, I, I think I think the, that point of forgiveness is something that I would like to sort of incorporate more into how I'm relating to that stuff because there's a tendency, and I'm kind of throwing this out there for people who are listening as well, to blame ourselves for like, well, you know, if, you're, if you were more organized, if you were this, if you were that, well, <laughs> I'm not. Like, this is who I am, and today I have an opportunity to maybe try a different direction, and it's okay that it took me till today. Yeah. 1,000%. I think artists in general are just more hard on ourselves, you know, and and it's so important because we're asked to be vulnerable every time we pick up a script, every time we bring a character to life, and at the same time, you kind of have to have this thick skin to deal with, like, the rejection and everything else, you know, so it can be kind of crazy making and 
I just, I'm really passionate about creating healthy mindsets so that you don't kind of go the wrong path when you pursue this career. Uh, I want to talk to you also about Put Me on Self Tape. This, I don't know anything about this one. So, oh, you want me? Yeah. Okay. Tell me about well, it. Put Me on Self Tape was actually a company that I started uh, four, almost five years ago. I started to see a trend in self tape auditions, and I've always kind of been a tech nerd, if you will. Um, and I was tired of personal assistance <laughs> work. <laughs> and uh, during grad school, I was so grateful that part of that program included us being teaching assistants. So I got to coach undergrads on their monologues and scenes. And I found that process really exciting. You know, my our, the head of the program would always be like, there's a director in there and you have to learn how to just be the actor in the room sometimes. Mm. <laughs> Um, so I was like, oh, well, this would be like a great way to use my degree and, um, you know, keep my schedule flexible and be able to continually work on my craft. Um, so that happened. It was starting to go really, really well. I started to learn so much about what it takes to be a film actor, or TV actor, which was never really taught to us in school in that way. Mm -hmm. Um, and then the pandemic happened. <laughs> And I had to shut down my studio and I felt really um, isolated and like the rug was pulled up under me, right? Because I had been building this momentum. So I teamed up with Alicia Oxy, who also hosts a podcast called That One Audition. And we did um, a community kind of class in May. Um, another podcaster had started the hashtag self tape May. And it was like a month challenge of like, do as many self-tapes as you can so that you can grow and learn. But we actually made it into a class where we tackled, um, you know, this the audition trap sides that we get. Like you have to make out with somebody. How do you do that? You have to pretend that you are kicking down a door. How do you do that? Stuff like that. And it was really, really fun. And I, Alicia and I found like this really incredible collaboration energy and like a yin and yang between us. Mm hmm. And ultimately, where we are now is that we're launching a membership platform for actors called the New Triple Threat. Um, and we are creating online courses, again, to take a holistic approach in actor training um, and make it affordable and accessible. So the lowest membership tier is $57 a month, and it gives you access to our entire library. Um, and we're taking care of, like, you know, how do you set up your self-tape studio and make it look like it was shot? in a professional studio? How do you use the frame to tell story? How do you build a character? Um, we're launching script analysis class. I wanna bring in budgeting for actors. So I wanna get a financial person. Um, there's a woman that who worked with me um, on my dialect for the show, who's an incredible voice teacher and also does somatic experiencing technique. So how do we create a somatic technique to help you with audition anxiety? Um, so. We really just, instead of paying like $350 a month to get just an audition class where maybe you work once or twice out of the month for $57 a month, you can get access to it all. Um, and I just feel like we're democratizing acting training in some way. You know, it's like, mm -hmm. I don't want you to be, you know, five figure debt for student loans for grad school. So like, how do we get, continue to um, provide actors with, the information that they need to be thriving working actors because I came out of the grad school program with a really strong foundation on acting but nothing at all about the business of acting you know 
Yeah, that's uh, I I didn't go to acting school or study in, in you know in university, but just in general, like with as a musician and all the different things I did study, like there was so much that I was like, nobody told me about this. Like, I, and I love the fact that you're including so like finances and you know so yeah, so many of the things you mentioned. No one why and why is my like people have this huge amount of debt. And not not a and lot not of like working. really, yeah. Because you haven't unlocked the key of like what it actually takes. And you know, when I graduated grad school, I was like, I'm breaking up with theater. I'm just going to focus on TV and film. I couldn't get a single call back my first year in LA. And meanwhile, the theater community was like, come work with us. You know, that I was getting nominated for awards. So I was like, wait, obviously I have the foundation. Like I'm doing something right, mm-hmm. but I can't figure out TV and film. Um, And it just took so, I mean, opening that business was the best thing that I could have done for my own career because I just really got to see the technique that I was missing. And um, I was actually on set shooting um, that ABC comedy, Call Your Mother. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as a a co-star, right, like when you're not the lead of the show, you get very little direction. And I was sitting there and they're like, great, she's uh, Kira Cedric is going to come towards you. You're going to put the phone down. You're getting all this direction. And I just for a split second thought, oh, I'm viewpointing. So I just do you know what I mean? So I was like, I'm going to be really aware of Kira and her lines. And at the same time, dealing with the other extra who's like, I'm supposed to, you know what I mean? And it was like, nobody taught me this. But I, I, you have to learn it on the job. So if you can tell people, hey, it's really important for you to be self-aware of like what's happening and not just focusing on your lines, because if you mess up that take because you're not being aware of Kira coming towards you and that you have to put the clipboard down at this exact time for continuity, <laughs> you know, it's all like you could waste people's time. You might not get cast again. So it's all about those kind of things that just never come up in class. Uh, I love, yeah. I have a pet peeve about music school and perhaps you had this pet peeve as well. I, I was I was already like teaching and working as a musician in like small theaters and stuff. And I went back to school and I heard a lot of professors saying, well, when you get out in the real world, it's going to be like this. And I was always just sitting there quietly like, uh, no, speak not, up. that's not what, you happened. Know what I mean. And <laughs> yeah. that was another thing, too. I was like, none of my teachers had auditioned in years. So we yeah. had an audition class. But I was like, I was sitting there watching the teacher kind of talk. And I was like, that doesn't feel right. Like what you're mm. saying doesn't feel like I'm bored watching this tape. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we weren't taught how to, like, use the frame, give yourself a close up. None of that. So, um that's what I want to give to other people, especially, you know, I'm, I'm a Latina. So I want to make it accessible for BIPOC artists too, who like sometimes are priced out because they can't afford that. So, um, you know, maybe you don't have to go to grad school, but at least I can try to help you in some way, figure out how to be effective and a a good actor on set. Yeah. And just get to work. It sounds like you give the material to like, here you go. Like, and use, uh, is it, am I kind of understanding it right? Like, they, they have access to all the different lessons, videos, yeah. and they pull 
you pull what you need when you need it. Yeah, exactly. And it's also a lot about community learning because one of the things that Alicia and I was like, look, we're actors just like you. And like you said, being in a program where you're not learning for people who are on the ground acting and like don't know what the trends are is sometimes detrimental because they're like giving you information that doesn't make you competitive now, Mm. you know? So I think it's important to learn from people who are in the trenches with you. It's been great talking to you. I'm really enjoying hearing about your work. Before we wrap up this interview, can you let us know, there's a lot, and I'll put some of this in the show notes as well. (laughs) Yeah, where because now that I think about it, I haven't looked to see how long the show runs, where people can find it. Can you give a rundown on that? Well, you can find me at at the underscore Anala Madrid. Um, you can follow Put Me On Self Tape at, at Put Me On Self Tape. <laughs> um, and if you want to find out more about the membership platform, just go to the new Triple Threat because, you know, now it's not just singing, dancing, and acting. It's like your business, your craft, and your tech. That's how mm. we're redefining that. Um, yeah, I'm excited to invite more people into our community oh and if people want to see the show what's the how does that work i'm not even clear on this yeah um it premieres march 21st and i believe it's running through april 18th so you purchase a pass to view it anytime during the week so it's going to run for four weeks um you can go to iamatheater.com or you can also go to anna-lamadrid.com and you can purchase your ticket there and you know find out more about the show. Mm, I love it. Well, thank you for joining me. And people are listening. If you're a patron, you could listen on to our bonus conversation, which we will be having momentarily. Uh, Patreon.com slash Michael Heron. Um, look at the show notes at MikeyPod.com for all of these links, which I will diligently make sure are posted there. Um, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. And so we come to another fine ending of another fine podcast thank you so much for joining me for this 324th episode of mikey pod man that's a lot of episodes uh thanks for listening thank you anima la madrid for doing this episode for me if you are a patron be sure to check out the juicy delicious bonus podcast that's coming up on wednesday thanks to shark party media who connected me with anna and I think those are all the things. Leave a review, tell a friend, all that kind of stuff. Um, I love telling people about new artists I've discovered. And uh, it's so important that we share the wealth of knowledge of these independent artists who um, deserve an audience. So help me get this information to more people so more people will learn about these great people. Uh, I'm I'm really hyped up today, apparently. Uh, Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next week.